Search me, O God, and know my heart. Psalm 139 O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Living the Proverbs day by day for September 24th. Today's lesson from Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Richly blessed. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. God loves the person who gives cheerfully.
God's Word commands us to be generous, compassionate servants to those who need our support. As believers, we have been richly blessed by our Creator. We, in turn, are called to share our gifts, our possessions, our testimonies, and our talents. The theme of generosity is one of the cornerstones of Christ's teachings if we are to be disciples of Christ. So does that mean you have to volunteer at the homeless shelter? Well, yes, that is a good idea, but you can also think about how you can serve others in your everyday life. What can you do for your coworker that will make their job easier? Does your elderly neighbor need someone to listen because they're lonely? What can you do today that will help your spouse and make them feel loved. We are called to be servants every day, and each act of service blesses two people, the giver and the receiver. My Utmost for His Highest, September 24th. The Go of Preparation. Our scripture is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 through 24. If you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. It is easy for us to imagine that we will suddenly come to a point in our lives where we are fully prepared, but preparation is not suddenly accomplished. In fact, it is a process that must be steadily maintained. It is dangerous to become settled and complacent in our present level of experience. The Christian life requires preparation and more preparation. The sense of sacrifice in the Christian life is readily appealing to a new Christian. From a human standpoint, the one thing that attracts us to Jesus Christ is our sense of the heroic, and a close examination of us by our Lord's words suddenly puts this tide of enthusiasm to the test. Go your way. First be reconciled to your brother. The go of preparation is to allow the word of God to examine you closely your sense of, of heroic sacrifice is not good enough. The thing that the Holy Spirit will detect in you is your nature that can never work in his service. And no one but God can, detect, can detect that nature in you. Do you have anything to hide from God? If you do, then let God search you with his light. If there is sin in your life, don't just admit it, confess it. Are you willing to obey your Lord and Master, whatever the humiliation to your right to yourself may be? Never disregard a conviction that the Holy Spirit brings to you. If it is important enough for the Spirit of God to bring it to your mind, it is the very thing He is detecting in you. You are looking for some big thing to give up, while God is telling you of some of the tiny, some tiny thing that must go. But behind that tiny thing lies the stronghold of obstinacy. And you say, 
I will not give up my right to myself. The very thing that God intends you to give up if you are to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Streams in the Desert for September 24th. Our scripture comes from Acts chapter 16, verse 7. When they came to the border of Messiah, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. What a strange thing for the Lord to prohibit, for they were going to Bithynia, excuse me, to do Christ's work, and the door was shut before them by Christ's own Spirit. There have been times when I have experienced the same thing. Sometimes I have been interrupted in what seemed to be quite productive work, and at times opposition came and forced me to go back, or sickness came and forced me to rest in some isolated place. During such times, it was difficult for me to leave my work unfinished when I believed it was service done in the power of His Spirit. But I finally remembered that the Spirit requires not only a service of work, but also a service of waiting. I came to see that in the kingdom of Christ. There are not only times for action, but times to refrain from action. And I also came to learn that a place of isolation is often the most useful place of all in this diverse world. Its harvest is more rich than the seasons when the corn and wine were the most abundant. So I have learned to think, to thank the blessed Holy Spirit that many a beautiful Bithynia had to be left without a visit from me. I have to say this right now, <laughs> Bithynia. Bithynia went off and stole my car. Okay. <laughs> Dear Holy Spirit, my desire is still to be led by you. Nevertheless, my opportunities for usefulness seem to be disappointed. For today the door appears open into a life of service for you, but tomorrow it closes before me just as I'm about to enter. Teach me to see another door, even in the midst of the inaction of this time. Help me to find, even in the area of service, where you have closed a door, a new entrance into your service. Inspire me with the knowledge that a person may sometimes be called to serve by doing nothing, by staying still, or by waiting. And when I remember the power of your gentle whisper, I will not complain that sometimes the Spirit allows me not to go. When I can't understand my father's leading, and it seems to be but hard and cruel fate, still I hear that gentle whisper ever pleading, God is working, God is faithful, only wait. Holiness day by day for September 24th. Our scripture is from Matthew chapter 18, verse 33. 
should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? We're brought into God's kingdom by grace. We're sanctified by grace. We receive both temporal and spiritual blessings by grace. We're motivated to obedience by grace. We're called to serve and enabled to serve by grace. We receive strength to endure trials by grace and we're glorified by grace. The entire Christian life is lived under the reign of God's grace. This grace is not only to be received by us, it is, in a sense, to be extended to others. I say, in a sense, because our relationship to other people is different from God's relationship to us. He is the infinitely superior judge and moral governor of the universe. We are all sinners and are on equal plane with one another. So we cannot exercise grace as God does, but we can relate to one another as those who have received grace and who wish to operate on the principles of grace. In fact, we won't experience the peace with God and the joy of God if we aren't willing to extend grace to others. This is the point of Jesus' parable of the unmerciful servant in Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 through 34. The person who is living by grace sees the vast contrast between his own sins against God and the offenses of others against him. He forgives others because he himself has been so graciously forgiven. He realizes that by receiving God's forgiveness through Christ, he has forfeited the right to be offended when others hurt him. He practices the admonition of Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Transforming Grace Moving into the unknown. It takes courage to move away from the safe place into the unknown, even when we know that safe place offers false safety and the unknown promises us saving intimacy with God. We realize quite well that giving up the familiar and reaching out with open arms towards Him who transcends all our mental grasping and clinging makes us very vulnerable. Somewhere, we sense that although holding on to our illusions might lead to a truncated life, the surrender in love leads to the cross. It is a sign of spiritual maturity when we can give up our illusory self-control and stretch out our hands to God. But it would be just another illusion to believe that reaching out to God will free us from pain and suffering. Often, indeed, it will take us where we would rather not go. But we know that without going there, we will not find our life. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 25, Anyone who loses his life will find it. Jesus says this reminding us that love 
is purified in pain. Prayer, therefore, is far from sweet and easy. Being the expression of our greatest love, it does not keep pain away from us. Instead, it makes us suffer more since our love for God is a love for a suffering God. And our entering into God's intimacy is an entering into the intimacy where all of human suffering is embraced in divine compassion. To the degree that our prayer has become the prayer of our heart, we will love more and suffer more. We will see more light and more darkness, more grace and more sin, more of God and more of humanity. To the degree that we have descended into our heart and reached out to God from there, solitude can speak to solitude, deep to deep, and heart to heart. It is there where love and pain are found together. Moving into the unknown. It takes courage to move away from the safe place into the unknown, even when we know that safe place offers false safety and the unknown promises us saving intimacy with God. We realize quite well that giving up the familiar and reaching out with open arms towards Him who transcends all our mental grasping and clinging makes us very vulnerable. Somewhere, we sense that although holding on to our illusions might lead to a truncated life, the surrender in love leads to the cross. It is a sign of spiritual maturity when we can give up our illusory self-control and stretch out our hands to God. But it would be just another illusion to believe that reaching out to God will free us from pain and suffering. Often, indeed, it will take us where we would rather not go. But we know that without going there, we will not find our life. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 25, anyone who loses his life will find it. Jesus says this reminding us that love is purified in pain. Prayer, therefore, is far from sweet and easy. Being the expression of our greatest love, it does not keep pain away from us Instead, it makes us suffer more since our love for God is a love for a suffering God. And our entering into God's intimacy is an entering into the intimacy where all of human suffering is embraced in divine compassion. To the degree that our prayer has become the prayer of our heart, we will love more and suffer more we will see more light and more darkness, more grace and more sin, more of God and more of humanity. To the degree 
that we have descended into our heart and reached out to God from there. Solitude can speak to solitude, deep to deep, and heart to heart. It is there where love and pain are found together. Moving into the unknown. It takes courage to move away from the safe place into the unknown, even when we know that safe place offers false safety and the unknown promises us saving intimacy with God. We realize quite well that giving up the familiar and reaching out with open arms towards Him who transcends all our mental grasping and clinging makes us very vulnerable. Somewhere, we sense that although holding on to our illusions might lead to a truncated life, the surrender in love leads to the cross. It is a sign of spiritual maturity when we can give up our illusory self-control and stretch out our hands to God. But it would be just another illusion to believe that reaching out to God will free us from pain and suffering. Often, indeed, it will take us where we would rather not go. But we know that without going there, we will not find our life. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 25, anyone who loses his life will find it. Jesus says this reminding us that love is purified in pain. Prayer, therefore, is far from sweet and easy. Being the expression of our greatest love, it does not keep pain away from us. Instead, it makes us suffer more since our love for God is a love for a suffering God. And our entering into God's intimacy is an entering into the intimacy where all of human suffering is embraced in divine compassion. To the degree that our prayer has become the prayer of our heart, we will love more and suffer more we will see more light and more darkness, more grace and more sin, more of God and more of humanity. To the degree that we have descended into our heart and reached out to God from there, solitude can speak to solitude, deep to deep and heart to heart. It is there where love and pain are found together.